Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Good evening, everybody. And um, before we start tonight, we want to congratulate Charlie, who ran the marathon again. So I believe it was two hours, 46 minutes, 47 seconds, and you beat your own personal best by five minutes. Yay! Huge congratulations. Um, honestly, it's, it, yeah. We were just saying, we couldn't, I couldn't do it, so <laughs> all credit to you, well done, amazing. Um, now, last week, we learned about how if we allow discomfort in life to grow us rather than leave us stuck, we can actually move towards harmony, towards that place of having more than one string to our fiddle, of being able to accommodate different things in our life because we're willing to sometimes go and make the more difficult choice. And we've actually learned last week how we can default to these autopilot settings. And for some of you, that might be guilt and shame. And so the first thing I want to say tonight is let's not feel guilt and shame about feeling guilt and shame because it's not supposed to be a, a down night it's actually supposed to be a night where we're going to solve some solve some stuff and we've also heard last week and in recent weeks how a lot of these things link to our identity to what we believe about ourselves and I would actually go so far as to say that I think you could argue that most of our life boils down to what we believe about ourselves what we believe about other people and what we believe about whatever is beyond ourselves and other people, some kind of spirituality or faith. Even if you would say you don't have any faith in an external God of any kind or a God within or a good consciousness, if you don't have any, that also shapes how you, what you believe about yourself and others and your role to play in humanity. So if you take each of those th three things, I think it's quite important that every week we do a journey where we look at what do I believe about myself, what do I believe about you? And what do I believe about the divine and the role spirituality plays in my life? Because that's actually going to be defining a lot of your moments. And so it's always worth doing, in my opinion. Now, I'm increasingly of the view that um, we don't like to be faced with... a. Ver I mean, Chris said this to me once, I think, and then it repeats in my head all the time. None of us like to be challenged with a version of ourselves that goes against what we want to believe about ourselves. We like to think we've got ourselves sussed. But I think enlightenment is about living with the lights on. That we say, whatever I turn out to be when I put the lights on, I'm going to go from there. And I'm going to start from there, and I'm going to unpack it from there. Um, and a lot of why we want to live with the lights off and in shadow is because of feelings of regret that have led to guilt that have led to shame and those parts of us that we then don't want to be seen but unless we put the lights on they remain in shadow and that shadow tends to be like a cloud over our our heads you know figuratively and sometimes in reality it can it be quite can be quite a dark place and I just wanted to remind you before we continue the night of a few weeks ago we looked we saw that volcano Mount St Helens where it 
utterly devastated the landscape. And what everybody said was, oh, it's going to take years. It's never going to recover. That's it now. You know, it's utterly destroyed. And in our lifetime, we're never going to see something replace that, that beauty that once was. And yet within a year, life had found a way. And so as we go through today, um, perhaps you've got some areas where it feels like ashes in your life of things that didn't go to plan, of things you feel guilt or shame about. But please, as we go through the night, um, dare to believe that something could grow in those ashes, just like it does in, did in that volcano and it doesn't have to take years you can actually start to see life grow again so a lot of the things tonight are going to speak for themselves you're going to hear lots of different voices saying lots of different things and um let's let's believe life overcomes um in all ways tonight and leave a little bit better off than we arrived thank you okay everybody give me a yeah <laughs> I like that. Uh, so there's a phrase that we have learned over the last, I don't know, I remember it from maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I would definitely remember Chris saying it at some point, maybe somebody else mentioned it as well. But it was this, as you thinketh, so, so you stinketh. As you thinketh, so you stinketh. And I think it's really true, the, the things that we think about ourselves and other people totally changes what comes off of us and the kind of reality that we create around us. A lot of it's created by what we think about ourselves. So there were two things really clearly put across in that video about guilt and shame. So guilt was defined as, I made a mistake. So it was saying like, for example, I was saying to Chris earlier, if I'm playing the keyboard up here, sometimes if I fluff it off or something goes wrong, I can be there for like five minutes obsessing over like, that was just so awful and I'm just completely crap and why can't I play this properly and frustrated and you get consumed in all of the stuff that you've done wrong. In the meantime, you're missing all of the potential opportunities that you could have to play things right. Hands up if you can relate to that. Where you make a mistake in a situation and then you spend so long obsessing over the thing that you're missing actually all the opportunities that are in front of you. And I think it's because we get caught up in shame. We get caught up in this seems to define everything I am rather than that's a thing that just happens and that I just did. Um, there's two words that I thought might be helpful with this. I feel like guilt potentially is all about our potential. I think it can actually show you you're way more than what you just did. Like what you just did is maybe showing you there's room for improvement here. Actually, you could be a way better friend than that. You could be a way better piano player than that. It could be, do you know what I mean? It's showing you the potential that you can have. Whereas I think shame just says, problem, you're a problem. This is a problem. And it just puts this big obstacle in front of you. Um, okay, I want to wrap up now because I want to introduce a clip from The Lion King. This is original, not remake. Uh, but the, origi the uh, original one, there's a clip, and there's two voices that Simba, the little lion, hears. And we're going to show two separate clips. So one is the voice of Scar, his evil baddie uncle. And that voice is just preaching shame at him. It's showing him all the problems of the things that have just happened. And later on, we'll see a clip of Rafiki, and Rafiki brings a different voice in that actually shows him his potential for change. So I hope tonight we can grasp hold of the potential for maybe how guilt can actually help us grow as people and how we can actually be free from shame. So enjoy this. Well, I can honestly say that every one of those um, <coughs> descriptive words in that last song I can be honest, I say I've been there, I've fallen short, I've not felt that I've belonged, I've not felt deserving of love, I've, I've been all of those things and uh, like what was said in that first 
uh, clip with Brenny Brown, the self-talk has got to change. And some people will say, oh, yeah, but it's not as easy as that. Well, it might be hard, but if it's the only solution, then we better figure it out. Um, and so I wanted to do Q without you today because I wanted basically just to be vulnerable um, and say if anybody knows what it is uh, to feel incredibly guilty. And, you know, I liked it when Danny was talking about, you know, any fluffs up on the piano. And, uh, you know, we all know those sort of fluff ups. But have you ever done a real big fluff up, you know, really bad fall? They're ones that, I am not kidding you, how do you get out of a hole so deep that's that deep? Now, we've all done things that we feel guilty about. For instance, come on mums, how many of you suffer mum guilt? How many of you feel that you should have done more for your kids or been there more for your kids? Now you see, we all struggle with that, but you know what's lovely? Because a lot of us feel the same. There's a camaraderie about it and it sort of gets is off the hook. Are you with me? But there are some things, uh, and I was thinking today, I mean, who remembers Jamie? Do you remember Jamie? Gorgeous Jamie. He felt so guilty about something that he had done, and yes, he'd done it, he was guilty, but he could never, ever release himself from that. So unfortunately, he became the very thing that he didn't want to be and, and, and basically died twice because he never recovered. And, and, you know, it was so sad that that was his story. So there are some things that we do that the guilt is so unmanageable that it can become very, very destructive in, in our lives. Now, it can be healthy. And uh, I think it is good to say of, of some things that will never, ever happen again in my life. I think that's good. But you know what? Sometimes it's just really hard, um, you know, to, to release yourself uh, from those sorts of things. Now, it's said that no one ever dies by being bitten by a snake. Now, you'd say, that's not true. But actually, the bite itself is not the problem. It's the venom within the snake that will kill you. And that's really the story of guilt because you won't die from the event most of the time, but the poison that's released into your being is what tends to take us uh, into that very horrible place. Now, I want to describe um, anybody who's heard of a, a writer called Edgar Allan Poe. He described guilt like this, and I'm giving you it this way because I think it helps to put it in, you know, these sort of words. Listen to this. The worrisome knowledge of the damage we have done and the anguish we have inflicted on others, as well as the way we failed ourselves, annoying distress, not annoying, annoying, you know, G-N-A-W, annoying, annoying, distress, arising from a sense of guilt for past wrongs that have short-changed our future. That's what we're talking about, a guilt that is so incredibly bad. Now, as I said, I've been there, and no one's underestimating its power, and I hold my hands up to everything that's been said in the clips already. The one, especially with uh, 
with Simba was run away, <laughs> run away. Oh yeah, I wanted to run away like you wouldn't believe because he felt that was the, the best solution. I wanted to run away. Um, I hold up my hands to everything uh, that happens with guilt. But the reason why I wanted to do this tonight is that there can be freedom. But you have to be willing, like we said at the beginning, to, to, to do the work. And like what Brenny Brown said, you have to be willing to, first of all, own it. Because otherwise, it's a killer and you will not survive it. So let me tell you just what I tried to do. And it took a while, but this is what I tried to do. First, I owned my mistake. And like Brenny Brown said, she said, speak it out. Because if you don't speak it out, if you don't call it what it is, we can't actually accurately assess where my own guilt lies. You see, there's many of us who carries guilt for everybody else. That's not a good thing. Because if you're carrying guilt for everybody else, how do you just deal with the bit that's yours? Because you can deal with your bit if you see it and look at it and say... Uh, you can make a, an accurate assessment of your responsibility in the event. And it's not a virtue to take on everybody else's. It's only correct. So look at it, call it what it is, and take responsibility for that. Then do your best to make amends and learn from it. See what you need to do to put some stuff right. So there's a, there's a clip that's coming up at the end, and we'll maybe say this in the next bit because I thought it was the other way around. But what happens is you have to take control of the situation. And I won't talk about that now. Talk about it later. Sorry, jumping on. So um, uh, I refuse to be in an adversarial relationship with myself because there was no healing for me or for anyone else in that. So I had to recognise who I'd hurt. I'd have to, I have to recognise the, the um, responsibility I had also for me staying in a guilty state because staying as I was in that adversarial relationship with myself wasn't fixing anything for anybody. Um, I also understood um, that there were people out there um, who weren't going to re release me from my mistake. They were always going to define me by my mistake and I wasn't going to join them. And I decided, nope, they can define me by that mistake if they want for the rest of my life, but I'm not going to join, I'm not going to participate. Because if I participate in that, all I will do is stay in the, in the pit of despair that I am. And so those things, and I think I've missed a whole bunch of stuff out, but they're the things that I had to do in order to uh, get myself back to health because I realised that staying where I was was not going to help anybody else. And it's okay to think, well, you know, people won't think I'm really sorry if, if I'm okay or if I'm healthy or if I'm enjoying life. And you have to say, no, you make amends, you do your best and then you get on and live again because we don't want the poison to spread further into you know, things that our friends and our loved ones, etc., etc. Anyway, just to finish this last little bit, there's a story that I find really helpful, and I've told it before here, but I'll tell you it again because I think it helps in the context of this dealing with guilt. And I would say, you know, it's a bit weird because the thing that they feel guilty about, we would say, hang on a minute, 
Why does he feel guilty about this? Well, you see, because when all's said and done, we feel guilty over what our own moral code is. Remember, it's your, your own moral code. And that's why we can upset people when I'm not upset about one thing and they're really upset about it. Why? Because it's their moral code and it might not be mine. Have, have you got it? So we've got to be very careful how we impose those moral codes. Anyway, the story goes that two monks are uh, travelling together and they come to a river which had a strong current and uh, as they were preparing to cross, they saw a, a young lady, a very beautiful lady, attempting to cross, but was finding it tough with the current. So the two monks glanced at one another because they had taken vows. See, this is their moral code, that they're not going to touch a woman. But then without a word, the older monk picked up the woman, carried her across the river, placed her gently on the other side, and carried on his journey. The younger monk couldn't believe what had just happened, after rejoining his companion, he was speechless and an hour passed without a word between them. Two more hours passed, then three. Finally, the younger monk could contain himself any longer and he blurted out, as monks, we are not permitted to touch a woman. How could you then carry her on your shoulders? The older monk looked at him and he replied, brother, I set her down on the other side of the river. Why are you still carrying her? Whoa! Isn't that a cracking story? Some of you want to put some of these stories in, in a little folder that you can look at when you need some encouragement. Because you see, the thing is, in 2000 and, ooh, probably eight, what, what, my story goes back to 2003. But in about 2008, I finally put the thing down but other people just kept on carrying it. So there are people who still look at me and they're still carrying my problem. But I put it down a long time ago. And this is what I want to encourage all of you, please. This is what Q is about. We want you to live free. We want no backpacks full of guilt and full of shame. So just to finish, hang on, one, just one second. Where are we? So... I change my self-talk, and this is a wonderful thought. I forgave myself for not knowing what I didn't know before I learned it. Now, that's a wonderful saying of uh, Mayor Angelou says it, and it's so fantastic because what she says is I, she had to go back to be the person she was when the thing happened and recognise I'm not that same person anymore and find the compassion to forgive and I hope what I've said to you tonight encourages you because there are no unredeemable mistakes in anybody's life. If you want to keep carrying them, fair enough, but you don't have to. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. That's encouraging, isn't it? I like the bit, that's what I was referring to when I was speaking before about so what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to take your stick. Take your stick. And some of you have been beaten by a stick of guilt. And the best thing to do is to look up and say, that stick's mine. I'm going to take it and I'm going to not run away, but run too. Awesome. And I hope this hasn't been too much of a downer because it really needs to be an upper. We want everybody free. We want everybody to be released. So let me just wrap up by just giving you a, a, a few thoughts. And it's this. Well, guilt starts very early. 
starts very early in childhood because we soon learn what it feels like to be disapproved of and we work hard to live within those social and family boundaries that are set. But we can get to a place where what we feel is no longer guilt. Um, like we read at the beginning, it's not that I made a mistake, but I am a mistake. And this is when our very identity is compromised because guilt has become shame. Is there any wonder we have so many cases of mental health struggles because we all feel we're, we're supposed to have it all together and no one wants to display their mistakes. We hide them because we think if people know, then they won't think I'm okay and they'll have a judgment over me and they will, like a stick, hold it over my head or I'll hold it over my own head, whatever. Um, it, it's so sad. I mean, it's been said in a lot of the clips tonight, but psychologists say that the most common expression of guilt is anxiety and depression because it's somehow a thing that people feel they deserve it. Do something bad, well then I deserve to feel this way and that's the punishment that we deserve. Now, we've already covered, sometimes it's a good thing but guilt is only ever as good as it helps you to never go where you didn't like where it took you. That's the only good thing about guilt. Just don't let it um, be something that you live with forever. But when guilt becomes a life sentence of hard labour without parole, oh, that's not a virtue, is it? It's not good at all. And at its most severe, you can imagine the personal danger that we put ourselves in because it leads to, like I said before, an adversarial relationship with ourselves and that voice that constantly reminds us um, that we have not a right to be happy while ever we're responsible for the hurt that we've given to others. And I hope you can get that into your minds. It is, sounds like a virtue, but, you know, even people that we put in prison, we trust that at some point they come out and we want to give them an opportunity to, to start again. But sometimes the, the sentence that we put on ourselves from guilt, there is no end to the sentence and it goes on and on and we want that to stop. So it leads to deep self-hatred and uh, one feels unable to forgive themselves or put the matter right. Now, mistakes are human failings and uh, we understand that. Um, and it's quite normal for us to make mistakes, but we have got to understand that we don't deserve the consequence of the guilt that we feel. Now, I've already said, but if we live guilt-free, it can appear we're sending a signal that we don't care about the pain we have caused others and that perhaps we're not really sorry for what we've done. Now, that is the biggest lie ever. Now, you'll say, yes, but I've seen it happen. Maybe. But it is not the truth of coming out of a situation of guilt because you can say to yourself that I do not want to keep perpetuating the hurt because that's the issue. It gets continued rather than putting a stop to it. Now, religion has not helped and uh, I want to be very careful how I say this, but religion hasn't helped because it sort of helps in the sense that it relieves uh, our sort of, hang on, let me find, I've just lost my place. Um, 
It sort of eases the conscience. And why does it do that? Because we like the idea of someone taking upon themselves, and here I'm talking about Jesus in the context of his death on the cross. We like the idea of someone taking upon themselves our excruciating guilt so we can be free. But there is a very subtle thing going on here and it's called scapegoating. Because it's like, okay, I know I'm guilty, but somebody needs to pay. Now it's fine if somebody is going to set me free, but as long as somebody else pays, because the thing has to be paid for. Now that's a very subtle thing. Why is it that we find scapegoating really easy? Because it works this way. I messed up. Someone will pay as long as it's not me, but somebody has to pay. We're actually not satisfied with no one paying. <laughs> That's a biggie, isn't it? And if this is you, 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 it might just help you understand tonight why you're stuck. Because we're not satisfied with no one paying. It might make us feel a little, little bit better if someone else is paying the price for us. But what it really shows is a foundational problem that you really believe that there can be no forgiveness or freedom for, from guilt without payment. And it's such a big lie and it keeps us so stuck and you'll never be free for yourself or others if you continue with that mindset. So here we have the issue, how do we deal with guilt? So we learn that the story that we tell ourselves is not helping. We have to change that story. We have got to stop making guilt a priority for our brain to automatically default to. We have to help the brain rewire itself because it will work with you to create new pathways of understanding and help you dissolve old ones if you will actually just let it. We have to overwhelm the guilt with goodness and kindness and compassion and forgiveness. Remind yourself of what you were proud of and what you're grateful for and find co compassion for the person you were because that person doesn't exist anymore. And as I said in the last little section, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you knew it. And living the now, that's a powerful thing. It's helped me a lot. Living guilty isn't very productive. It doesn't help you to do better. It causes you to struggle more. Guilt will drain you emotionally and physically. It will wear you out. And if you're guilty, you won't be helped to overcome challenges. You won't pursue dreams. You will just be stuck. And if you get to the place of shame, you will actually tell yourself you aren't even capable of changing. And it's a terrible place to be. So we can arise to a new uh, awareness. Now, Russell Brand said something which I really found interesting coming from Russell Brand. He talked about there has to be a spiritual solution. Now, I sometimes worry about things like that because it seems about looking external. It's like there has to be a spiritual solution to this problem. And I agree with him, but it's not something that you look externally for an intervention. What you do is you look internally for an intervention because you are a spiritual being. And what we talked last week about the Braveheart clip where they were being 
encouraged to come out of their discomfort in order to, to, to be able to change the future. They were primarily Scotsmen. They were first and foremost Scotsmen. And then second, secondarily, they were oppressed and enslaved by the English. But knowing who they were, they were caused them to rally to a new story. And they were even, even to the point of them willing to, to, to die for it. Um, that is the point here. When we talk about a spiritual solution, the spiritual, spiritual solution is you. You, you, are, you are I am. Just as God is I am. Matter and spirit coming together, which means that the spiritual intervention is you knowing who you are, who you are made to be. And just like Russell Brand said, you are beautiful. There is no unredeemable mistake that can stop you returning home. And I thought that's an amazing thing. Why is it that we feel that there is no return home? So take the stick, learn from it. And make your way home, because here's the point, the Lion King clip, his whole group of people were languishing and dying because they didn't have their leader. And their leader went back to them and they were able to turn it all around and there was health and life in the, in the pride lands once again. So I hope I can encourage you tonight to say goodbye to guilt, tell yourself a new story and, and rise up to a new experience of life. Um, and if, if anybody just wants to close their eyes and says, right, from today, from today, I'm going to start releasing myself from the life sentence of guilt that leads to shame. So I'm just going to ask, if, if you want to just shut your eyes for a minute and just have one little second of reflection and say, is this for me? Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q Church York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.